Hello, it's Thomas. I'd like to thank you for stopping by and listening to my tales. I'm the tall guy with the Short Stories Podcast. Welcome back to Thomas Tales. I'm the tall guy with the Short Stories Podcast. You can now find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Be sure to click that follow button, and when you do, shoot a message over to Tall Guy Short Stories with a Z at gmail.com. I really love it when people stop and say hi. You can also follow the show on Instagram at The Tall Guy with the Short Stories. Be sure to stop by and follow me on Instagram as well. All right, announcements done. Let's get into the story. Now, before we get started, I wrote a little something that happened at the same time as the last episode. I feel like I should read it to you, kind of let it go into the story. Z sat atop the bakery, and watched Thomas and Brandon head to the smithy. When she awoke this morning, she felt there was something special to happen today. She was not unaccustomed to the feeling. Recently, she had awoken with that same feeling. After passing it off as the remnants of some dream, she continued about her day. That was the day, she realized, that Thomas had done battle with and killed the rabid wolf. So when she rose from her slumber with that same feeling, she immediately set out to spy on Thomas. It wasn't hard. She knew where he lived, and she knew when he would awake. So she camped near the old jailhouse early that morning. Waiting patiently, Z was rewarded with the sight of Thomas exiting the jailhouse, sidling up to a tree, and then returning a moment later. Z also smelled bacon, a treat she really did not want to pass up. But as soon as she made up her mind to go inside of the jail and see if she could sneak a bit of the tasty treat, the young men emerged from the building, talking excitedly about steel and blades and armor. She sighed heavily. Honestly, she thought, men. As the hunted Thomas, along with Brandon, made their way to the smithy, Z followed along, sometimes on the rooftops, sometimes along in the cramped narrow alleys, but always she kept sight of her targets. For their part, the boys never knew she was there. Z allowed herself a smile. She was, after all, very, very good. The smith's apprentice and the baker's son had no chance at all of spotting her. She ghosted along in their wake, keeping her eyes on seemingly everything, while still keeping the young men she followed close. When they began passing the bakery, Z tilted her head, thinking, why would the baker's son be passing the bakery and not going inside? Perhaps this was part of the reason he was in the jailhouse with Thomas. And then she heard the baker shouting, she had seen enough of the man to know that he was dangerous. She immediately double-checked the location of the boys. They stood still, Brandon facing the baker, and Thomas quietly trying to dissuade Brandon from violence. When his attempt failed, he tried to talk to the baker, and yet again, Z was struck with the confidence, the lack of fear of the big man that Thomas exuded. She smiled. He was a rare one indeed. As she witnessed the baker strike Thomas, she had immediately sprung into action. 
a drop from the bakery roof put her on ground level and she fully intended on rushing the baker, making deadly use of the element of surprise. So when she saw Thomas kick at the man, she skidded to a silent halt and smoothly hid back in the alley. She did admit she was awfully pleased to see her small friend strike so effectively. She continued to follow the boys as they bolted to the smithy, smiling all the way. As the younger son of the baker, Will, lay in bed, breathing heavily from the effort his spell took, he heard commotion outside. It seemed his father was shouting at someone, but Will thought it sounded far away. Perhaps he was shouting at the dogs that frequented the bakery, hoping for a handout, more often finding scraps and shouts in Ray. He steadied his breathing and then heard a sudden silence outside. Not sure what to make of it, and feeling as though he himself was shirking his responsibilities, Will quickly rose from his bed and dressed. As he made his way from their private apartment, Will noted the lack of occupants inside the bakery proper. It seemed everyone had cleared out. In a rush, too. Tables left with plenty of food and drink. A few chairs had even been knocked over. Will began to walk a bit quicker to see what the commotion was all about. He came to the door, which he found partially blocked by the mob of folks who had crowded around whatever spectacle was outside. It was not in Will's nature to bull his way through folk, like his larger older brother Brandon. He hadn't the size for it in any case. He was a bit wider than most, but not nearly so tall as Brandon. So, he began squirming his way through the crowd. However, as soon as the first few people noticed who he was, the crowd began to part, admitting Will without obstacle to the sight of his father, groaning upon the ground. It seemed that at some point Greg had vomited. It lay in a booze-smelling puddle, the sight all too common to Will who had played nurse to his father on more than several occasions. This spectacle, this turn of events, stirred a wealth of emotion within the young mage. So many, he had difficulty sorting it all out. Firstly, there was rage that his father had, yet again, embarrassed him and besmirched the name of their bakery, their livelihood. As much as Greg shouted about being the father and owner, Will understood how business worked, how finances worked. The bakery fed all of them. No matter who owned it or who called the shots, it fed all of them. Secondly, was a sickened sort of pity for the man who insired him. He couldn't understand why his father's passions had turned sour, or when, but at some point they had, and this quivering mass of a slave was all that was left, slave to his own control. Slave to being superior. Slave to his vice. Thirdly, and this somehow confused poor young Will, he had to fight the urge to go to the man's side, pick him up, clean him off, and nurse him back to health. He had no idea whatsoever what the emotion was called that made him feel that way. It seemed to the boy it was the least he could do to help his father to feel better. But he knew from experience. The old baker would fight him every step of the way, and maybe it made Will a bad person, but he simply couldn't bear that task again. He stared down at his father, and then asked aloud to the crowd in general. 
who did this?" They answered, as though they had been waiting for the question. Will stood, surrounded by people, and all around him he heard one name repeated over and over, as though the crowd almost seemed to be chanting the name. Thomas! Thomas. Thomas. Will decided right there to pay Thomas a visit. Leaving his father to look after himself, he strode into his room, removed the spell book from its hiding place, packed a few clothes, and headed for the smithy. I have a confession to make. I love disc golf. There, I said it. If you're like me, and you also like disc golf, why don't you go to evolutiondiscs.com. Upon your checkout, enter the code CDS for 10% off. They've got all the molds you're looking for. They've got bags. They've got powder bags. They've got range finders. They've got <laughs> really anything. Go ahead and give them a look. Evolutiondiscs.com. Don't forget to use code CDS for 10% off at checkout. Another sponsor for this episode is Meech's Minis. If you go to Etsy.com and you search in that little search bar up top, Meech's Minis, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S, one more time, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S, you will find some work from a true genius. Not only can the man paint minis, he can also modify them. I mean, depending on what you want done. But don't take my word for it. Go on over to Meech's Minis on Etsy.com and take a look at some of the beautiful stuff he's made. This episode has been brought to you by J. Randall Art. That's two L's in Randall, by the way. You can find J. Randall Art on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter underneath that same handle, J. Randall, two L's, Art. Stop by, take a look at some of his stuff, like him a whole lot of times, give him some comments, maybe even commission a piece or two. That'd be pretty cool. Don't forget to mention that the tall guy sent you. Thomas burst into the smithy, breathing hard. Brandon stepped behind him. The smith looked up in surprise, and Thomas explained, Smith, I found Brand. Well, he actually found me, but we were coming to the smithy this morning, and Greg started yelling. At the sound of the baker's name, the smith's eyes narrowed. The muscles in his jaw bounced a few times, and his brawny arms and chest seemed to swell within the shirt he was wearing. And I tried to get Brandon to just leave with me, but... At this point, Brandon began speaking as well. I just couldn't, Smith. I never want to see him again. Brandon's speech had not stemmed Thomas's. And then I tried to tell the baker to sort off, but... The smith traded looks with the boys. As his eyebrows both rose, his hands came up, palms showing in a wordless attempt to lessen the words being thrown at him by the two young men. It did nothing to silence them, so the big smith clapped his hands, making a rather loud popping noise. And the boys stammered into silence. Thomas... Tell me what happened, lad. Then he added hastily, slowly. Thomas did as he was asked, as slowly as he could manage. 
And then Smith, as I was already down there, I kicked him where I knew he wouldn't get back up. At least not quickly. The Smith listened patiently, except when Thomas told him about Greg backhanding him. The Smith had growled so vehemently that he actually frightened Thomas a bit. But he seemed to calm a moment later, well before Thomas had finished his recounting. After this, the Smith looked to Brandon. Speak, Lord, and slowly tell me what happened. Brandon recounted his memory of events, including how he felt to see Thomas drop his father. I'm proud of him, Brand whispered. Little guy like that really clobbered old dad. The smith took all this information in and gestured for the boys to sit. He began rubbing his forehead, seemingly thinking. So, if I've understood things correctly. The boys never got to hear what the smith was about to say next, because at that moment, there was a knock on the door. The smith rose, shaking his head, surprised that this morning held so much already. The smith opened the door, and there stood Will, Brandon's younger brother. Smith, he began, would I be able to... Will looked up and saw Thomas and Brandon standing there, still breathing a bit harder than normal. Ah, Thomas, I'd like to say thank you. You have a few fans, I suppose, but the crowd around Greg had no issues relating what you'd done, so thank you. I never have to go back there again. Neither of you do, amended the smith. I think it's time something was done. The burly crafter cracked his knuckles and moved toward the door. Smith, said Thomas, he's in no state to quarrel with you. It's not a quarrel I'm after, growled Smith. Thomas, come with me, lad. The big man walked outside. Thomas exchanged a glance with both Brandon and Will, then followed Smith outside and closed the door. The smith stood outside the door, breathing deeply, with his eyes closed. Thomas was forcibly reminded of when they entered the forest for the hunt. It seemed the crafter had hunting on his mind. Lad, I don't want you or the other two boys to follow me. This is man's business. Teach Brandon and Will how to separate the nails just like I showed you. When you feel that they've got the hang of it, I want you to start the sharpening process on the blades we've worked on. I'll be back presently, eh? Thomas couldn't help but feel trepidation. Greg the baker was a large man, but Smith was larger and much more capable with his hands than the baker. The young man nodded at his mentor. I can do that, Smith. But I've already heard him. Won't that teach him to be nicer? Smith crouched to be on eye level with Thomas. He said nothing for a moment. He just looked into Thomas's eyes and it seemed a smile almost touched his own. You're a good lad, Tom, and quite capable with that mind of yours, not to mention your courage. But lad, trust me, men like the baker can be awfully difficult to get through to. Leave it to me, Tom. It'll be all right. He then stood, took a deep breath, and started in the direction of the bakery. Thomas opened the door to the smithy, entered, and closed the door. All right, my friends, it looks as though we've got some work. He instructed both of the baker's sons in the ways of separating, sorting, and storing the nails. After watching them work for a few minutes, Tom was satisfied with the quality of their work, so he began to sharpen the blades that the smith had mentioned. After a few minutes, 
Brandon began to chuckle a bit, which turned into a full laugh a few moments later. Tom, he said, still chortling, you should have stuck around the bakery this morning. <laughs> it seemed, as he spoke, the laughter gained strength. <laughs> After cracking those eggs, you might have had an omelet. <laughs> At this, all three boys burst out laughing slapping their thighs and hooting with glee at Brandon's joke. After a few minutes, they sobered and worked steadily. Then, Will asked Tom and Brandon to relate exactly how everything had played out. The other two boys were happy to oblige him. Will listened wide-eyed, and when Thomas had finished, he put down the tools he was using, walked directly to Thomas, and shook his hand. Well done, he intoned solemnly. Brandon, not to be outdone by his younger brother, followed suit. After they had worked for about an hour or two, the smith came back in the door. His face seemed much more relaxed than before he had left. He called the boys together and explained that the bakery would be going out of business, and that Greg wouldn't be in town anymore. He then rubbed his hands together and said, Now what to do? I can't have young'uns sleeping on the street. Brandon spoke up. Sir, he began. Smith, intoned the crafter, almost as though his response was an automatic one. Smith, corrected Brandon. If the old man is gone, he then looked to Will. Couldn't my brother and I stay at and run the bakery in his absence? Smith looked to Brandon with a puzzling expression on his face. That's an idea, he admitted. Then, more seriously, do you think you can handle that responsibility? Brandon straightened his spine and took a breath to speak. But before he could get a word out, Will stepped forward to stand next to his brother. Smith, my brother has already run that bakery several days a week. Our old man tried to keep it a secret, but he drank pretty heavy. And when the drink would lay him low, Brandon would step up. Believe me, he can do it. Will's face was deadly serious, and Brandon put his arm around his brother. I can, Smith. The large crafter thought for a few minutes. Would you be able to fit Tom in that place? I think the three of you should stick together for a few days anyway, in case Greg has any foolish ideas. You can all act to protect each other in that case, as you've already shown. The brothers traded a look. And then Will answered the smith. He can have Dad's old room, if that's all right with you, Tom. Thomas's eyes opened wide. He looked at the brothers with their generous offer, and the smith with his searching eyes. Thomas nodded to the silent question in Smith's eyes. That'll be dandy for me. But in the back of his mind, he lamented a bit. Z would no longer know where to find him. Perhaps she would find him wherever he was. She seemed the sort to be able to manage that. Then it's settled. You boys will help Tom move his things, eh? And either myself or Thansman will be over to check on you all periodically, just to make sure all is well. You two should stay here for the day, though. Sleep at Tom's tonight. Give Greg some time to pack his things. Tomorrow you can go back and prepare the place for business. Thomas? Brandon and Will got to their work for the day, and they all worked well, but Smith noticed that each and every one of them 
was smiling from ear to ear. At the end of the day, the smith paid not only Thomas, but Brandon and Will as well. Thomas noted that he got seven silver, the other two boys only got five, and a smile stretched his face. Outside, on the roof, next to one of the chimneys, Z listened carefully to everything the four had discussed. She smiled to herself, happy with the turn of events. She found this Will and Brandon to be interesting folk, as well as Thomas, who she had already taken a liking to. Perhaps, she thought, I'll pay these boys a visit tonight. Then she crept silently from the roof and stealthily headed back to the forest. Once again, my friends, we find ourselves at the end of the episode. Be sure to click that follow button. Thank you so much for doing so. And hey, if you wouldn't mind sharing it to your Facebook page so your friends can get a load of this story, I'd appreciate it. Pretty sure your friends would too. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week on The Tall Guy with a Short Stories Podcast. <laughs>